Welcome back to Totally Nostalgic, a podcast dedicated to the pop culture of the 1980s and 1990s. Today, I'm going to jump into another series that I'm going to begin today, which will be on classic characters. And first up, what better way to start than Mr. John Bender from The Breakfast Club. Let's go. Thank you so much for those of you who are joining me again and who have joined me on this journey. Uh, That's been a lot of fun for me, and uh, it would mean a lot if I could grow this uh, podcast with a you know with grow the audience um, as much as I can. Uh, I believe there is a lot of nostalgia out there for the time that I discuss the '80s and '90s. Those in my um, generation my age group so um just trying to reach more people so if you like the podcast uh please please um subscribe um you know tell your friends or or colleagues or you know those who you think might have an affection for that time and the pop culture from that time as well um or you know rate or review on apple podcast would be greatly appreciated as well um so as i said in the open Today, I am pretty excited to start this next uh, series. Uh, Just like I did last week, uh, introducing Iconic Toys uh, series as part of this podcast. This next one's going to be classic characters. And there are so many good ones in movies and television of the 80s and 90s. And for some reason, when I decided that I wanted to, to have a series that would include classic characters and, you know, using that as the main topic of, a, of an episode. The first character that came to mind for me was actually two of them. Um, and the one I will definitely do in a later episode, but I chose the other one, which is John Bender, played by Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Club. And... There is a pretty good uh, reception for this movie, uh, or even, you know, in hindsight, uh, a good amount of love for this movie from a lot of different age groups um, who have seen it. And just to run real quick through the movie info for for those who haven't seen it in a while or just a recap. So it's basically about five young students from different walks of life endure a Saturday detention under a power hungry principal played by Paul Gleason. The disparate group includes rebel John, Judd Nelson, princess Claire, Molly Ringwald, outcast Allison, Ali Sheedy, brainy Brian, Anthony Michael Hall, and Andrew, played by Emilio Estevez, the jock. Each has a chance to tell his or her story, making the others see them a little differently. And when the day ends, they question whether school will ever be the same. So again, um, certainly it it has its flaws. Um, To me, I think some things seem to be a little forced and uh, maybe not quite believable. Um, maybe a bit cliche. Obviously, I think the characters 
uh, are a bit cliche and too simplified when it comes to, you know, fitting into a certain category, but be that as it may, may, I still think it's an insightful movie. I think it's enjoyable, very rewatchable. Uh, the film has an 89% rating on, uh, Rotten Tomatoes and 92% audience score. So again, a lot of affection, um, pretty positive in its reviews and the character of John Bender to me is probably the most interesting in that movie. Um, you know, as I said, he's a rebel. I think he's even considered a criminal in the movie or he's classified as one. I don't know if I, that I would go that far, but, um, I, I think it's relatable as well. I mean, how many of us have known kids in our school who, um, again, would fit that category as much as I hate to do that and profile a person and judge a book by its cover, which is never right to do. But um, I, I'm sure we've all known John Benders, you know, in our lifetime. So it's it's an interesting character with a ton of layers. And I wonder how much of it is the character of John Bender and how much of it is Judd Nelson's performance and I mean I'll be honest with you watching it originally as a child which I cannot remember you know how old I would have been you know or what year I would have first seen it um but if memory serves me correct I think I saw it on cable which it would have been edited uh on cable of course uh eventually later on probably late teens when I saw it again um, I, I, I saw the unedited version um, with, of course, all the language. And it's definitely a different movie to see it unedited uh, compared to the cable version. But it's, for all of its flaws, for all of its cliches, for all of its, you know, possibly forced storyline or plot points, um, I think it's... I think it's pretty sincere. I think the interaction between the characters come across pretty, pretty sincere and pretty believable. And for that reason, I, I think it's held up really well and it, it's enjoyable and at times uncomfortable. And it definitely asks some good questions and, uh, Again, I, I don't think there's a better character in the movie than John Bender. And, uh, you know, Judd, Judd Nelson, and I'm going to go through some of the, uh, the trivia or some of the behind-the-scenes facts about the movie and about Judd Nelson. And uh, it's been said that he's difficult to deal with, and he's definitely a unique individual. But looking back on this... Uh, now, I, I actually think the performance is really, really strong. And th maybe some people would say there's times where he's really going for it in the movie. And uh, to me, I feel like it's, it's centered and it's, it's uh, believable. And I think it's really well done. I don't think he overdoes it. And uh, it really it says a lot about Judd Nelson as a character. So I think probably the thing that most people remember when it comes to the movie and, and the character of John Bender is some of the famous quotes uh, that he has. So I'm going to run through a couple of those real quick. So if you remember the time that 
they roamed the, the halls to try to, uh, to get Bender's stash of weed. And uh, at one point, he takes the screw out of the door, which causes it to slam shut. Um, and of course, when he's approached, uh, when he's approached by uh, Vernon about it, you know, his classic line is, screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. It's definitely a smart-ass comment. But with this and so many of the lines in the movie, uh, I think it's funny how Bender comes across pretty intelligent, um, articulates well, um, quite witty, and uh, dare I say even a little bit charming. So uh, another famous quote uh, based on uh, Vernon's wardrobe is uh, when he says, does, Mary Manil- does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? And then eventually uh, he says, uh, Dick, excuse me, Rich, will milk be made available to us? Another good one. And the classic uh, eat my shorts, which, of course, Bart Simpson would uh, coin that phrase later in the uh, Simpsons as well. So those are some of the classic quotes from John Bender in the movie. So uh, now... I want to run through some of the trivia, some of the background to the character and to uh, the actor as well. Um, This information coming from IMDb trivia notes. So uh, starting here, so John Bender, a rebellious teen. John comes from an abusive household. John's parents physically and verbally abuse him. Uh, Actually, these are some details just based on the character himself, but... uh, Followed up with, so Judd Nelson, uh, playing John Bender, of course, stayed in character off camera, even bullying Molly Ringwald. John Hughes nearly fired him over this, but Paul Gleason, who plays Richard Vernon, defended Nelson, saying that he was a good actor and he was trying to get into character. And you'll see with a lot of these notes that uh, uh, Nelson definitely was doing some method acting here and trying to stay in character, which, which a lot of act- actors do. So uh, Nelson improvised the part at the closing of the film where Bender raises his fist in defiance. He was supposed to just walk into the sunset, so to speak, and John Hughes asked him to play around with a few actions. When he was done and they were finishing up, Nelson threw his fist up without running it by anyone. Everyone loved it, and it was also, and it has also become an iconic symbol of the 1980s as well as cinema history. Eventually, it was honored in Bumblebee, a Transformers 2007 prequel set in 1987. That is definitely an uh, iconic image of him on the football field with his fist up in the air. Judd Nelson made up many of the terms used in the movie, including Neon Maxi Zune Dweeby. Another interesting uh, story here. So Nelson went undercover at a local high school outside Chicago near where the film was shooting and convinced the teenagers that he was a legitimate student. After buying beer for them with his fake ID, he was 24 at the time, 
Nelson told them to drop him off at the hotel where the actors were staying. Years later, reflecting on his antics, Nelson said, They would ask me why I was staying there, and I told them my dad was in jail. I'm staying at the Weston O'Hare while my dad's incarcerated. Judd Nelson's clothes in the movie are the outfit he auditioned in for the role of John Bender. Interesting. Considering the look is obviously very iconic. And uh, you can even uh, see people who have um, dressed up that way for Halloween. So, John Cusack auditioned several times for John Bender, even traveling between Chicago and Los Angeles before being cast. However, John Hughes went in a different direction and dropped Cusack in favor of Judd Nelson, which was heavily influenced by the casting director. The joke that Bender tells while crawling through the ceiling but never finishes actually has no punchline. According to Judd Nelson, he ad-libbed the line. Originally, he was supposed to tell a joke that would end when he came back into the library and said, forgot my pencil. But no one could come up with a punchline for the joke. This is another interesting uh, piece here because I know I always wondered to myself, what's the punchline? I gotta hear the punchline. As a guy who appreciates you know, good jokes like that, it drove me nuts that there was no punchline. And I always wondered why they never came up with anything to explain that. So that definitely explains it there. Uh, the switchblade used in the movie actually belonged to Nelson. He explained that he had it for protection purposes. Nelson went to a laundromat in character. The looks he was giving to women there caused someone to call the cops. It was Judd Nelson's idea for Bender to be wearing a tennis shoe in the gymnasium scene. They are Air Jordans. Another classic scene as he's shooting hoops um, to distract Vernon while the rest of them got back to the uh, to the library. Um, and uh, again, another scene where uh, Nelson really goes for it, but it's classic. I love it um, when he throws the ball uh, at Vernon and when he uh, kind of does this hop, skip, jump thing out of the shoe is absolutely amazing. And again, uh, says a lot about his performance, both physical and uh, verbal. So uh, Nel- uh, Nelson was the last to be cast, interestingly enough. Uh, the song which Judd Nelson hums the guitar riff at uh, to at the beginning of the movie is the opening of Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. Cream's song Badge also features in, in Fandango from 1985. Nelson also starred in this movie. The main reason that John Hughes decided to replace John Cusack with Judd Nelson is that Hughes felt that Cusack was too nice to play a character as menacing and angry as John Bender. One bitter irony for Hughes is that he got along very well with Cusack in the pre-production process, while his onset relationship with uh, with Nelson was so bad that Hughes swore he would never work with Nelson again, and in fact, never did so. So it goes back to what uh, I mentioned earlier is that some of the things you read on Nelson is he was hard to deal with, uh, hard to get along with on set. Um, So there you go. That's some background on that. And with the Cusack part, I can believe that. I mean, he always comes across as a very nice, level-headed guy. um, And his characters, I think, all display that as well. I mean, to give an example, and I don't want to foreshadow this a bit, but... 
uh, his performance in Say Anything as Lloyd Dobler um, speaks volumes to this. Is he's the kind of guy you, you you wish that you had as a best friend, and I'm sure women you know wish they could meet a guy as good as him. So I think it speaks volumes there. Uh, so yeah, that's some of the uh, trivia behind the character and the movie, and of course the actor you know that played him. So. I mean, that's some of the background on Bender. Again, um, I, I would probably say it's one of the most underrated performances of the 80s. That's my hot take, if you will. I, I think Judd Nelson did a great job. Uh, I appreciate what he does in the movie. And when I watch this movie back, and I have many times, again, it's very rewatchable, very enjoyable. Um, always brings something... To the table for me uh, on rewatches, and a big part of that to me is uh, Nelson's performance as John Bender. Uh, never forget the the lines, the quotes, and more than anything, the performance by Judd Nelson. So, I would love to hear what you guys think of uh, John Bender, and uh, in a little bit, I will talk about some of some highlights from. Twitter that I found on the character of of John Bender. Okay, as usual, now I'd like to look at this week in pop culture history, and as much as this pains me to do so, I am going to uh, utilize the same year that the Breakfast Club was released, which was 1985. Um, it pains me to do this since uh, in the past episodes I have focused on Baywatch and USA's Up All Night as a reference in pop culture, but unfortunately those two series started in 89, so with dedicating this solely to 85, I will not be able to do that, but we'll see what we can do about that. So, um, Let's look at albums released this week in 1985, which would have been the week of November 10th through the 16th. So, first up, Catching Up with Depeche Mode, which was a compilation album by Depeche Mode. Also, Original Masters, Jethro Tull, uh, Greatest Hits, and uh, Songs to Learn and Sing by Echo and the Bunnymen. Also a compilation. Um, I'm not going to name out all the albums released during this week, but uh, as you can see there, this week was weird in 1985 because like most of the albums released were all compilation uh, albums, which is a bit bizarre, but that's the way it fell that week. So, And uh, two movies that were released this week in 1985 I'd like to uh, mention. First of all is the... Uh, comedy Once Bitten starring J- uh, Jim Carrey, a young Jim Carrey, uh, Lauren Hutton, and Karen Coppins, and uh, also a Rainbow Bright and the Star Sealer movie was released, animated movie was released uh, this week in 1985 as well, and uh, from a WWF pro wrestling side, uh, there was no live events this particular week of 1985, so... Uh, as I said before, I hate not discussing something about Baywatch. I have a 
certain adoration for the series. Um, I, I think the fact that it's somewhat campy and cheesy uh, has always appealed to me, and it's a fun watch. Uh, as you know, if you look at it now, you can see uh, a good amount of episodes that uh, air for free on Pluto TV. So um, I do plenty of that as well. So I thought since I can't reference this week in history for Baywatch, I'll at least run through a few fun uh, trivia facts about the show. So uh, Baywatch was the longest running show to never win an an Emmy until Supernatural in 2005. So uh, probably not a surprise to a ton of people that it never won an Emmy, but it would have been nice. Uh, Most of the cast weren't even strong swimmers. Pamela Anderson hates water. So another interesting fact. Uh, Also, originally, David Hasselhoff, who played Mitch Buchanan, was against the casting of Pamela Anderson as C.J. Parker because he was afraid that her large breasts would draw attention away from the rest of the cast. Now, can you imagine had Pamela Anderson not been casted in that role? I wonder... If the, if the show would have been as successful as it was in syndication without her. Um, as a child, uh, you know, between the ages of, you know, 9 and, you know, 14 or whatever it was that I, you know, watched this during its run, um, she was one of the first crushes I had. And I know she was a big part of that series from the the men demographic, obviously, so, you know, it is what it is, but I I just don't know that the show would have been as popular as it was without her, so it's an interesting uh, fact about it, so, um, speaking of the syndication piece, so NBC canceled the show in 1990 after its first season, it was immediately revived in first-run syndication and became one of the most popular shows in the world, at its height, it aired in 148 countries on every continent except Antarctica. After 11 years in syndication, it was canceled for the second time in 2001. Uh, and then in 1994, when the show was at the height of its popularity, uh, NBC took out an ad in The Hollywood Reporter admitting the canceling uh, that canceling it was a mistake, uh, which... Obviously it was, but yeah, it's one of those uh, success story series that in syndication just uh, went gangbusters. I mean, people, tens of millions of people were watching that show, um, and that's probably even on the low side, honestly, but we're watching that show on a weekly basis, so um, good stuff. Like I said, just wanted to talk a little bit of uh, Baywatch on this episode as well, so that's it for this week in pop culture history. Okay, it's time to go over to Twitter and see what I found uh, related to John Bender and the Breakfast Club there. So I found some pretty cool posts, and uh, let's start with at Orange Goist from 1029 of 21, and it reads John... Uh, sorry, Judd Nelson, as John Bender in The Breakfast Club. You can't ignore me if you tried. Quote from John Bender in the movie, of course. 
All right. Next up, this tweet is from January 29th of 2020 at Schlock V. What self-respecting 1980s teenage hood would turn their nose up at a carton of cigarettes for Christmas? Part four in a series of hashtag Brat Pack pieces. Here's a drawing of Judd Nelson as John Bender from The Breakfast Club. And uh, it is a pretty sweet sketch that was done over top of a textbook page. Um, So, yeah, check that out. All right. Over to at Only Film Media from February 15th of 2020. Hashtag Only Film Trivia. Nicolas Cage was originally considered for the role of John Bender in The Breakfast Club. Director John Hughes originally cast John Cusack, but decided to replace him with Judd Nelson before shooting began. We talked about that a little bit earlier in some of the uh, trivia and background to the movie. All right, also uh, at Sam J. Racco. Racco? Uh, Let me spell that. At Sam, that's S-A-M-J-R-A-K-O-H from February 15th of 2021. Happy anniversary to my second favorite movie of all time. Hashtag The Breakfast Club. And uh, from at Psych Nation 2022 from March 30th of 2019. Screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place, which we have a picture of a, a metal door Um, propped open and then a screw laying on the ground so good stuff there and a little bit of an older uh, tweet here from March 24th of 2018 from at creepy company Saturday March 24th 1984 Sherman High School Sherman Illinois 60062 today's the perfect day to watch the John Hughes classic the breakfast club what are your favorite moments and uh, I recommend checking out at Creepy Company. Uh, There's a link to their website uh, where they have collectibles, um, including horror, Halloween, and creepy things, and and a whole lot more uh, pop culture-related stuff. So, uh, cool brand. Check that out. And uh, so that's it. That's some of the stuff I found on Twitter. Uh, That was a lot of fun doing that. And uh, again... Uh, This is the first in the series of classic characters that I will uh, utilize as a subject on episodes going forward. And I hope you guys enjoyed and I'd love to hear what some of you think about John Bender and the uh, Breakfast Club as a whole. Uh, You can uh, reach me on Twitter at Nostalgic8090. You can email me at TotallyNostalgicPod at gmail.com. Um, or yeah, you can just send me back, send me some feedback or, uh, some ideas for future episodes. Maybe some of your favorite classic characters from movies and television at the time. And, uh, I look forward to doing more of these in the future. And again, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you on the next episode.